that? I mean, all the time. All the time. All the time. Do you believe this? We're looking at questions of Jesus, and today the question is one that he asked. Do you believe this? So we'll be looking at that today. I'd like to, before we get started, call your attention to some of the announcements. Uh, folks, we're going to have a Lenten fair right after this service. You'll see it's uh, from 12 to 2 down in the Fellowship Hall. There is a lot of fun stuff that's going to be happening down there. You will... Uh, You'll want to you'll want to go down and bring your kids, or your kids can bring you one of the two. Um, also, you can see other announcements that are listed there, especially the Holy Week schedule. We uh, are now in Holy Week. This is uh, Palm Sunday, first uh, first day of the week, and we will be having extra services that will help enhance your your Holy Week experience. the 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 Monday Thursday service it'll be over at the Silvis campus. Uh, we try to do these as a combined Christ church, and so it'll be over there. And then also the Good Friday Tenebrae service will be here at this campus. And then the regular service hours will, will certainly uh, uh, be available on, on Easter morning. Now, is there a uh, confirmation kid that's going to do an announcement about what they're, what they're going to be doing? Are you? Are you the one? Do you want to, do you want to talk to him about the breakfast tomorrow, or uh, next Sunday? Are you going to do that? Do you want to do that? Okay. Right up, right up there. Good morning. My name is Henry Frank. I am standing before you today as a representative from the 2019 confirmation class. Next Sunday, Easter morning, the class, as a mission project, would like you to, to invite you to come to the Fellowship Hall between 8.30 a.m. and 10.15 a.m. We will be offering a special Easter breakfast. On the menu for the breakfast is French toast, breakfast, casserole, and fresh fruit. Coffee, milk, and juice will also be served. Free will donations will gladly be accepted. Any profits from the breakfast expense will be designated for the food pantry ministry in the New Family Life Center. Would you do me a favor right now and pull out your attendance form from the bulletin today? On your attendance form today, please write breakfast on the back of your form if you think you will attend. Thank you for your cooperation. This will help us know how much food to purchase this week. On April 28th, our class will be celebrating Confirmation Day at the 1035 worship service. The Easter this Easter breakfast is our final project together as a confirmation class. It's our way as the newest members of the church to support the new Family Life Center building costs. Thank you for your support to our confirmation class. We look forward to serving Jesus with you as official members of the Christ United Methodist Church in the near future. Thank you. That was awesome. Thank you so much. Um, other things. There's a movie that some of you have heard about, you can, you can uh, look at, look at the, the trailer online, called Breakthrough. We're gonna, we're gonna buy out a theater on the, the 23rd, and we can get tickets for, um, I think it's $6 a person. So if you wanna go, uh, also on your, your registration form that Henry was talking about, uh, could you put in there something like a movie, and then how many, tickets you want us to get for you. We will need the money ahead of time, but it'll also help us know how many to, to, to order. So uh, that's, a, that's Tuesday the 23rd at 7, 7 o'clock. Other things are, are listed there as you can see, and let's, let's stand and celebrate as we enter into this season called Holy League, Holy Week, Holy Week. Treat each other in the name of Jesus yeah. Christ. Come on up. And then, then we're going to have our parade of palms, but let me explain a couple things. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, we got some. Yeah. They're going to parade around. Okay. 
Have a seat. Oh, yeah. Okay, you have a seat. <laughs> have a seat with Mr. Okay. And breakfast. Okay. I see a few more kiddos out there. Come on up and join the fun as we do our parade. So yes, we are going to have an Easter fair, and I'm sorry to tell Henry in the confirmation class, but we boiled all the eggs. I don't know what you're going to use for your egg casseroles, but uh, we, have, we have 12 dozen eggs down there ready to be dyed, and you know what? The kids challenged me last week. They said, we want 10 eggs each. And I said, OK, if 50 show up, how much is that? 500. 500 eggs? You know what? I, I had six awesome egg fillers on Thursday, and they filled 700 eggs. <laughs> so I hope you're going to stay. We got lots of eggs and lots of fun plants. But this is the time in the Bible where we're talking about Palm Sunday, and we've been talking about Easter, and we've been preparing our hearts these whole six weeks, and now we're at Palm Sunday. And we know that in the Bible, Jesus has just done a miracle with Lazarus, and the people are beginning to hear that Jesus is coming. It's almost the Passover. A Passover was their festival. There's going to be food, there's going to be music, there's going to be dancing, and the people are starting to gather because they know Jesus is coming. So Jesus says to his disciples, you, you go on ahead there and find a donkey. Find the perfect donkey for me because I'm going to ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. And that is his entryway. See, Jesus has been telling his disciples all along that I've come to prepare a place I've come to prepare the heavenly kingdom, and they, they don't quite understand, but they know that Jesus is going to die. They don't know how. And as we know in the story, that some people loved Jesus, some people did not. And that's when we celebrate the Last Supper, Jesus with his disciples, and Good Friday, where Jesus died on the cross and then was risen. In three days, he rose from the dead, and that's what he's done for us. So let's gather some palms, everybody. Um, Jake and Chloe, can you go down in the middle of the aisle? Parker, can you go in the middle of the aisle? Lily, middle of the aisle. Annabelle, middle of the aisle. Jeffrey and Dom, middle of the aisle. Everybody stand up. You ready? Okay, whatever you've got left, you can go to, um, yep. The kids in the center, if you could turn the other way because we're going to come your way. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Praise is rising. Eyes are turning to you. We turn to you. Praise. 
turn to you. God. Let's all stand together as we praise him. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder? Who leaves us breathless in awe and wonder? The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. our chaos back into order who makes the orphan a son and daughter the king of glory the king of glory who rules the nations with truth and justice shines like the sun in all of its brilliance the king of glory the king above all kings this is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your 
blessing for all that you've done for me. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was saved. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was saved. Worthy, 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 Lord, this is amazing grace. This is unfailing love that you would take my place. you've done for me yeah Jesus I sing for all that you've done for me amen he has come to bring light into the darkness he has come to bring freedom to the captives he has come to restore the brokenhearted it's time to proclaim the year of the church have done and continue to do is we, we uh, encourage people to pray at noon the Lord's Prayer. 
and every worship service we usually say the, the Lord's Prayer and sometimes the words become a little too um, known to where we just say it and we really don't think about it. So what I'd like to do is to start our prayer time with the Lord's Prayer, but doing it in a reflective way. And you'll see uh, the, the, when the words come up, that's on, this, on the, uh, the back wall there, that's when to pray it. But we're going to be praying also what, uh, what it means to say the Lord's Prayer. So let's join together in, in prayer. Father reigning in heaven and earth, we come to you in prayer at this time. Our Father, who art in heaven. Your name is mud in some circles. People laugh when your name is mentioned. For some, your name is nothing but a curse word. Help us to restore honor and respect to you and your holy name. Hallowed be thy name. We have some real difficulties here, Lord. It is so hard to see your hand at work in the world around us. Help us to see your kingdom in all you do and in all we do. Thy kingdom come. No one seems to know the plans of heaven and very few seem to care. Your people are very confused about what your will is supposed to be on earth. Teach us your plan and work through us to accomplish your plan. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Food, clothing, and shelter are our daily bread. Thank you for, the, for these blessings. Help us to share our needs with others. And help us to know the differences between needs and wants. Give us this day our daily bread. We, we are rather sensitive about this, Father. We are, we're talking about a chain reaction of forgiving. That's not so easy. We are proud. We sometimes feel guilty or miserable despite our love and acceptance. And we find it rough trying to forgive some people. Forgive us, help us to forgive others. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Help us to not be tempted to sin. Show us how Christ resisted temptation by turning to you, studying your word, and relying on your strength. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You are God over everything. You have the power, you have the plan, you have the honor. Take over now and rule forever. Give us the joy of seeing it happen. Amen. It is so. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord, we thank you that you are the one who comes into this world, into our lives, the one who forgives, the one who truly is the resurrection and the life. Lord, we lift up names of those who need your healing touch or in a life situation that needs you to, to act. Lord, hear those names as we lift them to you now. Thank you, Lord, for hearing those names and those prayers that go along with the names, both spoken and unspoken. And Lord, as we now uh, give back to you with this offering, our tithes and offerings, some of what you've given to us, we ask that you utilize these gifts, that they might be uh, used by you 
to further your work. And they might be given by us as an act of worshiping you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. she was here earlier. Debbie Manrique, I don't see you here. Did you? Where are you? There, way in the back. You are a crazy woman. <laughs> but I praise God for you. Debbie had hip surgery Wednesday, and she is here today. <laughs> a 
Bless your heart. You must be doing good. Is Ernie a good nurse? All right. It's good to hear. We had, uh, many of you know, we, we had uh, Linton crosses that we passed out last year and passed out this year. I think there were over like 300 out in the community in different lawn uh, in, in, in front of people's houses. And we had, we had some left over. I was looking at them and decided to bring them up and, and give them out today to see if somebody would want to put them out for, for Holy Week. Guess how many crosses we had left? At the beginning of the day, we had three crosses. Three. Kind of symbolic, isn't it, right, right at the beginning of Holy Week? Um, all three of them went out at the 8 o'clock service. And uh, uh, I just, you know, whoever wanted to raise your hand, and, and three people raised their hand. Uh, our, our parish nurse, Steph Robbie, raised her hand. And I'm thinking, Steph, you should have had a cross last year. What are you doing? And I didn't say that, but I, afterward I pretty much did. And she said, oh, I got that for Dr. Joe Gardner. Uh, Dr. Joe is our, uh, he's our pastor emeritus, served this church for many years, and uh, he's been struggling, and uh, that, that the, the final cross is, uh, is going to Dr. Joe. I thought that was very appropriate. Uh, prayer walls, I want you to know that, that they're here for you. And maybe, maybe you have something that you would want to say to God right here at the beginning of Holy Week. And at the, at the end of our service during the last hymn, you could come up and put the prayer requests in the, in the walls. There, uh, uh, there's holes there that you can just stick them down in there. It may be that uh, you want to you uh, thank God for this Holy Week and the crucifixion and the resurrection and what that means for your life. Or maybe that you want to tell God something that you're going to specially do during this Holy holy Week. And uh, whatever it is, that's ti- that is time for you. Just during, this, during the final hymn, you can come up and stick those in there. You probably, probably, maybe you have a slip of paper. I think we may have run out at the last service. Uh, the, the little prayer request cards in the... In the uh, uh, chairs there you can are in the pews you can use those you can tear part of your bulletin part um, reach over and take the shirt of your neighbor and rip off a part of the shirt and use it I, I don't I don't know just whatever you want to want to do and, and then just uh, use that as your time with God we're looking at questions of Jesus and what I've said uh, you know they're, they're, they're all coming from the Gospel of John an amazing amazing uh, 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 gospel. Some of you may not have read that. I would encourage you to do so if you would. But we're going to be looking at a question that Jesus said, and it comes from John 11. And we're going to be looking extensively at John 11 and John 12. So you may want to take the Bibles out and uh, follow along, see where, where I'm at with, with these. You can find uh, 11, chapter 11 on page 1076, I believe. Incidentally, if you are here and you do not have a Bible at home and would like one, you can take the one in your hands, uh, uh, unless it was your neighbor's, uh, the, 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 one, the, the paperbacks that we have in our, in our uh, uh, seats there. Those are, those are gifts, a gift to you so that you can have uh, a Bible at home. You're welcome to take it. You, actually, if you look in the front cover, you'll see that it says that, that it's a gift from Christ Church to you. So let's look at this, uh, this question, this next question. It comes from the Gospel of John, the 11th chapter, and we're going to read verses 21 through 27. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then this is the question. Do you believe this? 
May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of this holy word. Let's please pray. God, speak to us through your holy word. And may this witness to your word be faithful. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, we opened up the service by saying God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. And I asked the question, do you believe this? Some of you say, yeah, yeah, I do. Let me test you on that. I mean, can we really say all the time? There are times in life that will test this. God is good all the time. Really? The times when we look to God for answers, but they don't seem to come. How about... How about those times when we say, why? Why, Lord? Why did you allow that to happen? You know, many times in life, things get messed up in my life. How about you? Does your life ever get messed up? Do you, maybe you're like me and you realize when I'm honest with myself that They get messed up a lot of times because I mess them up. I'm responsible. And, you know, some people will say, well, you know, uh, uh, it's all planned by God. I don't believe that. I believe God has a plan for us. But there are times we go off in our own direction. You see, I don't believe that, that God plans all those situations that happen into our lives when we, especially when we mess up. But I do believe that God can redeem all situations in life where we've messed up. Okay? But there are other times that something happens that's totally out of the blue. Just, we had nothing to do with it, and it's there. And we find ourselves Asking why. There were three people. They lived in Bethany at the time of Jesus, and Jesus was a very close friend to all three of them. His two sisters and a brother, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, the brother. And every time that Jesus would come to the Bethany area, he'd, he'd probably usually stay with them or be with them, and he just he just enjoyed being with them and. Um, they knew, they knew that, that Jesus was special. They actually knew that he was the one sent from God, that he was the Messiah. They were convinced of that. So why didn't Jesus do something? Or what was it that he needed to do? Mary and Martha's brother, Lazarus, gets sick and then dies. And Jesus isn't there for him. And when Mary finally has a chance to, or when Martha finally has a chance to talk with Jesus, she says something that later on her sister Mary says to Jesus. Very first time they see Jesus, both of them, they say the same thing. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Do you get the impression that they've had that, they had that conversation several times in their grief? You know, if Jesus had been here, he wouldn't have died. What's going on? I thought he, I thought he was our friend. I thought he, I thought he loved us. Why, why wouldn't he have come back? Why wouldn't he have been here? Why didn't he save our brother? Add on to that, that, that here are two single women who were living with their brother who probably was the, the, the one who earned the income. So they may be destitute after their brother's death. Now, Jesus is uh, making some statements here that we need to go over, but I want to put it in the context of, this, of, of when, this, when this all happened. First of all, if you were here last week, you remember that uh, Jesus had come to a point where things were heating up, getting di- difficult, it was dangerous to follow Jesus, and there were those who were sort of on the fringe that began to leave Jesus. The, the numbers were getting smaller. And we talked about that that God, a lot of times, is interested in quality over quantity. And this was one of those times. 
Like the ones who were really going to follow Jesus were the ones that, that stuck, were with him. But then we get to this point where it's shortly before uh, Jesus' uh, death and resurrection. It's about a week before something happens, or uh, you know, a couple weeks before, but it leads up to the Holy Week. And that is that uh, uh, Jesus and his disciples are out somewhere and they get a message that Lazarus is sick. So he's sick, uh, it's very serious, and so Mary and Martha send a message to Jesus and say, you know, Lazarus is sick, you got to come help. And you can see this in John 11 and chapter 4, or uh, I'm sorry, chapter 11, verse 4. Jesus, uh, when he heard this, he says, the sickness will not end in death. No, it is for the God's glory so that God's son may be glorified. So, he jumps up and goes right away. Is that what he does? Those of you who know the story knows that even though he got the message, he stays there for two more days. Lazarus is deathly sick. He stays for two more days. And uh, the disciples are saying, well, he's probably better here than down there by Jerusalem. They're trying to kill him down there. We're around him down there. We, we could... We could die, too. And finally, after staying two days, he says, let's go back to Judea. And in verse 8, you see their response. But Rabbi, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you're going back? And he he basically says, yeah, yeah, um, Lazarus is dead. He makes that statement. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. Let's go to him. And then look down in verse 16. I love this. Thomas. Remember what Thomas is known for? Doubting Thomas. One of the twelve. It says, also known as Didymus. Didymus means the twin. Well, the twin to who? Did he look like Jesus? Or why did they call him the twin? Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, let us go, let us also go, that we may die with him. See, it's a pretty, pretty dangerous situation. Now, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had, had already been in the tomb for four days. That, that begs the question, could Jesus have made it back to Bethany? Before, Jesus, before Lazarus died. Well, we, we know some things. We know that, that Jesus was in an area called Perea, and it is approximately six to eight miles due west of Jericho. Now look at this map, and you can see uh, down at the bottom is the, sea of, or the, uh, the Dead Sea, and over to the left you see Jerusalem. Right below uh, Jerusalem is Bethlehem and Bethany. That's, that's, where, uh, uh, the, the, that's where uh, Mary and Martha and, and Lazarus lived. And when Jesus would go to Jerusalem, he would stay outside of Jerusalem in Bethany. Now, if you go up, you'll see there's Jericho. Cross the river, cross the Jordan River in, over in Perea. That's where Jesus was at. That's where we are pretty sure that he was located, and stayed for two days. Now, from there to Bethany is 15 to 20 miles. How many have walked 20 miles in one day? Has anybody done that here? That's a piece of cake, wasn't it? Took you what, about 15 minutes? That's an all-day deal. And you are exhausted after after, after going 20 miles. Also, it's uphill. Going from there up to, up to Bethany would have been going uphill. Now, Jesus, th- this, is how it, this is how it would play out. One day would be used for the word of Lazarus' condition to arrive where Jesus and his disciples were. Somebody would have had to have traveled there to tell Jesus. Lazarus dies at approximately the same time that Jesus is 
told that Lazarus is ill. Jesus stays with his disciples for two more days. That, and, then, and then one day for Jesus and, and the company to travel back to Bethany in Judea. So it's a total of four days from the time that Lazarus died to the time that Jesus stood near the tomb. There was a belief back then that the spirit would hang around the dead body, the spirit of the person, for three days, but not four. And so there's really no way of saying anything but Lazarus is dead. Now, he comes to Bethany, which is about two miles from Jerusalem, and he... Uh, he, gets, he comes close, and when Martha hears that Jesus is coming, she goes out to meet him. And that's where our story picks up. That's where she says, Lord, if you had been here, my, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. Now, Martha, to me, it sounds like she's just saying what she's supposed to say. Um, She's grieving. She's hurting. Her, her, her brother is, is dead. Four days. There's nothing that can be done about it. She's talking to Jesus, and, and he says, your brother will rise again. She says, I, I, and, and Martha says, I know he will rise again from, from in the resurrection at the last day. And that's what she's supposed to say to the Messiah. I know this. I know he'll, he'll, he'll rise again the last day. It's sort of like, it's sort of like the, uh, the small talk, you know, where the kids are sitting up here on Easter and the one giving the small talk asks them a question. What has long ears, a bushy tail, covered with fur? And they all just look at her. And then one of the kids says, well, I, I know the answer is Jesus, but it sure sounds like the Easter bunny to me. Well, I wonder if, if Martha had that same thing. Like, okay, I know I'm supposed to answer it this way, but I'm hurting. I'm grieving the loss of my brother. And it hurts. And it's to that grieving woman that Jesus looks her in the eye and says, I am the resurrection and I am the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever, live, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Looking her in the eye, he says, do you believe this? Wow. What a question. She says, yes, Lord. I, I, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is coming to the world. And after that interchange, she goes back to Mary, her sister. You, 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 you've heard of Mary and Martha, haven't you? Mary was the worker. She's the one who's in the kitchen, always, always cleaning house. Martha is that way. She's, she's the one who's, who, she had to be the older sister. I mean, she was the responsible one. Then there's Mary. Ah, Mary's kind of flighty, you know. She'd rather linger, listening to Jesus and help in the kitchen. Kind of frustrated the older sister. Mary, why don't you get up here and help? So Martha's the one that goes out and meets Jesus first. Mary is still devastated. She's, she's at home and, and, and after greeting Jesus, Martha goes back and says to Mary, Mary, Jesus is here, and he, he's, he's calling for you, he wants to see you. So Mary gets up, and she goes out, and around the house there are others who are there to support Mary and Martha in their grief. They're, they're mourning, and they see Mary come out. They think that she's going to go to the tomb and, and, and weep some more. And so they follow her, but instead of going to the tomb, they, they, they find themselves face-to-face uh, -face with Jesus, and, and that's when Mary says the same thing. That Martha did. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. And she she's in pieces. I mean, she is just she's crying. She's she cannot be consoled. Um, she uh, 
uh, is at such a point where, where about all Jesus can say is he's deeply moved and he's troubled. And he, he feels the pain. I mean, these are people that, that he loves. He deeply loves. And he says, where have you laid him? And they said, come and see. And then we get to verse 35. Shortest verse in the Bible. Do you know what it is? Jesus wept. He knows what he's going to do, but he is so wrapped up in the emotion of, of the people that he loves that he begins to cry. That's our Savior, folks. That's Jesus. They get to the tomb. Jesus is once more deeply moved. And he says, uh, take away the stone. Take away the stone. Now, Martha, remember Martha? She's the practical one. She's always doing the work. She says, she says, but Lord, by this time there is a bad odor. He's been in there four days. Practical. Martha, she knows about decay. She knows what it's going to smell like. You take that, that, that stone away. And then Jesus asks another question. He says, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they take away the stone. Imagine this. Folks, imagine. They're at the, the cemetery. They're, they're at this, this cave. They take away the stone. They all know that Lazarus died. They, they, they saw that. They, they know that. They were at the funeral. Four days later, and out of the tomb comes this figure wrapped up in burial cloths, even over his head. And Jesus basically says, take off the grave clothes, let him go. He doesn't need them anymore. And there's Lazarus, alive and well. What would you do if you were Mary and Martha for crying out loud? What would you do if you uh, people from Jerusalem were there? They started believing in Jesus. They were they were excited. The word gets back to Jerusalem to the rulers. They're upset. They're trying to figure out a way to kill Jesus at this point. And all of this is taking place right before Passover. And if you look at at chapter 12, it starts out by saying six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So this happens about six days before, before uh, um, Passover. And you know what Martha does? You guessed it. She serves a dinner. She has a dinner that is given in honor of Jesus. Why? Because he just raised their brother from the dead. And there's, there's, uh, there's Martha, she's serving, and who knows where Mary is, uh, while, while Lazarus is there at the table with Jesus, and then along comes Mary. And she has this pint of expensive perfume. And she pours it on Jesus' feet and wipes his feet with her hair. And the whole house was filled with this fragrance of the perfume. Get the picture? Judas, one of the twelve, he's, he's uh, the one that, that later betrays Jesus. He, he says, why wasn't the perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It's, it's worth about a, a, a year of wages. Jesus' response, leave her alone. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Cammie Easton was talking about this, uh, uh, this, this section right here, and she said, I wonder, it's about six days, I wonder if the perfume that anointed Jesus was still lingering on the cross on the day he died. 
you a question. With every good story, there's like subplots, you know. You know, you're, 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 you're reading along, and then all of a sudden it says, meanwhile, back at the ranch, whatever. But it does that here, too. If you look at, at chapter 12, verse 9, it says, Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came not only because of him, but they also but also to see, Jesus, to see Lazarus, who had been raised from the dead. I want to see this dead guy that's alive again. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. Now, I tell you all that to show you on verse 12, chapter 12, what happens the very next day. The next day, a great cloud that had come to, for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna. Hosanna means save us. Save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Okay, this is the beginning. This is the beginning of Holy Week. And right after that, there are some Greeks that come and they, they talk to one of the disciples and say, we would we'd like to see Jesus. We would like to see Jesus. And Jesus, at that point, he replies, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Now, if you remember way back, if you've been, been attending and you remember the very first question it was asked by, that Jesus asked was at the beginning of his ministry and it was asked to his mom. Remember, they were at the wedding and she came up and said, uh, Jesus, they have no more wine, which would have been a total embarrassment to the young, young couple getting married. And, and he says, woman, you heard me say, man, if I'd have said that to my mom, she would have slapped me upside the head. But it was a term of endearment, respect. Woman, what has that to do with me? And then he says, my time has not yet come. My hour has not yet come. Now he's saying, right at the beginning of Holy Week, my hour has come. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. And then he talks about dying, multiplying with the resurrection, eternal life. You know, quite a story leading into Holy Week, which we're now going into. And as you go into Holy Week, can you, can you truly say God is good all the time? All the time God is good. Can you really believe that? Sometimes it's harder than others. Many of you know that I lost my mom back in September. And so this is a year of firsts without her. It'll be the first Easter without my mom. It'll be the first Mother's Day without my mom. And um, I'm hurting. I no longer have a parent living. Dad died a few years back, and, and now Mom. And you need to understand that Mom was always in my corner. She always believed in me. She always would encourage me. I, I could always count on her. Love to go see her. Her mind was so sharp. I, I'd give her a call on the phone, tell her what I was doing, whatever it might be, running in a race or bicycling or hiking or whatever. And she would always say, hey, I'm six, I'm over 60 years old. She'd say, now you be careful. <laughs> in many ways, I've lost my North Star. I lost what I call home here in this world. Is, good, is God good all the time? If this passage of Scripture 
about Jesus saying, do you believe this? If it means anything, it, is, it means that we must not forget his words, even in difficult times of asking why. Jesus said, and he says to you, right now, looking you right in the eye, he's saying, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Now that's, that's something to believe in. So as you go through Holy Week, starting today, going throughout until next Sunday, as you go through, as you, as you go through your own dark Fridays, as you seek to recover from the messes that you are responsible for, as you are struggling through life's events which you have no control over, all the time remember this. That Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And he loves you. And that you can truly believe that God is good. And all the time, and his people said, Let's all stand together and let's let's give our answer to that question. In this time of desperation. All we know is doubt and fear There is only one foundation We believe We believe In this broken generation all is dark you help us see and there is only one salvation we believe we believe we believe in god the father we believe in jesus christ we believe in the holy spirit us new life we believe in the crucifixion we believe that he conquered death we believe in the resurrection and he's coming back again we believe so let our faith be more than anthems greater than the songs we sing and in our weakness and temptations we believe we believe we believe in God the Father we believe in Jesus Christ we believe in the Holy Church live loud, our God will say we believe. 
for the power of God has torn the veil. Now we know your love will never fail. We believe, we believe, we believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And he's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that he conquered death. We believe in the resurrection. And he's coming back. He's coming back again. said, I am the resurrection and I am life. Those who believe in me, even though they die yet, shall they live. Do you believe this? Church, do you believe this? Yes. Then go and share your faith with someone who needs love, forgiveness, or hope. Point them toward God. Let him save them as he is saving you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and the people of God said, Amen. 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 Let the Lord